Hey, and welcome to the Bocha podcast at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And this is, of course, end of month bonus content where we weedy weedy. We talk shit. We talk all the things about uh, any given subject. Yeah. This, the end of the end of October mm. and what is on our plate today, Charlene, is what? All about the money. All about the money. It is Equal Pay Day. So Equal Pay Day in its context is, and the simplest uh, simplest definition is, how long it takes for women to catch up to a regular year's pay of a white male doing the same job. Mm-hmm. So the, the statistics are broken down in... In different ways, one is one looks at aggregated all women, how how long it takes for women to catch up to one year's worth of pay. You said aggregated, <laughs> and then they and then an organization has it break, broken down. So Latinx women w- make fifty five cents to a dollar, right? And so it takes us longer. It takes us the longest and of, of subgroups of women, of like subgroup. Black women, Native women. It takes Latino women longest. Correct. To and catch up to a white male's pay. So our our equal pay day is October 29th. Good God, man. Which So to break this down, this is what it means. For the annual salary of a white male in 2019, a Latina woman would have had to work all of 2019 and from January 1st, 2020 up until October 29th, 2020 get out to make up that pay oh my god those so this this month's weedy weedy we're hashing it up about what you're worth and mm-hmm. and how what that means in terms of getting paid because that's that's stark i mean it's stark for any woman to have to work a year extra right mm-hmm. and then when you break down the statistics on individuals it's you have to work 10 almost 11 months i don't get it and this is on average right like this is an average of a white male's salary then you go to compare so what what are uh so like just women overall what is their when do they catch up as a whole so in 2020 theirs was march 31st is when we caught up meaning all of 2019 and then from january until march 31st Okay. You know, a whole freaking year. So when you initially said this, I thought you were talking about like from from January 2020. So like three months and you catch up. But you're talking about a year and three months. Right. Holy crap. Why do I go to work? Exactly. So this is and this is with laws that have been put in place to try to ensure that companies pay women exactly the same so someone who's doing my same job gets paid x and so this isn't comparing someone who is you know an admin assistant versus the the executive director no Mm -hmm. this is like of the apples to apples yeah as far as job description right and so yeah you just have to let that sink in that we we have to work almost an entire two years to catch up. That's apples meaning, to mangoes. <laughs> <laughs> meaning we'll, we'll never, 
we'll never reach that American dream, that ideal like house, a picket fence, because all of these things stack stack up against us. Mm, That is depressing. Yeah, absolutely. And, And I think it feeds into, you're talking about the American dream and part of what is tied to the American dream is capitalism, is your net worth, is your bank account. It's not your culture. It's not the richness of your family and relationships. It's not, because those are the things we have been told to consider our riches. And maybe it's because we don't have shit in the bank. Right, no, every Thanksgiving, I know, that that holiday, we're supposed to be thankful for all of these extra things, right? Not what we have in the bank, but all of these extra pieces. Mm-hmm. But when you're breaking down and you're looking at what sustains us, what, what can purchase food for us or what pays our bills, mm-hmm. we are so far behind. And this is just, mm. well, it's unjust, but this is just looking at a paycheck to survive, right? This is not like, how are we expected to save for retirement? Mm-hmm. Like, retirement then is doesn't become a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Savings is barely a thing. Affording edu- college education for your family. Mm-hmm. Affording basic transportation. Exactly. Affording all of these other things. Ha- you have to prioritize and keep some things on the side mm-hmm. and and depending on where you live that means a lot of different things for example my little sister lives in chicago they have an excellent excellent i just said excellent <laughs> <laughs> she's hungry she wants egg salad sandwiches I'm hot. never want an egg salad sandwich um it reminds me though they have an excellent public transit system and so if my sister well my sister doesn't have a car she hasn't had a car since she moved to chicago and that's okay for her that's feasible for her um but it's still expensive to buy your passes and to know just the lay of the land of what bus to catch and what train to catch and you know where to go it's a whole different lifestyle than rural new mexico where not having transportation is detrimental you we have city buses in Las Cruces. Um, I myself have never had to rely on that type of public transportation, but I know there is, there's a lot of consideration that goes into some people that utilize that um, public transit, even making a doctor's appointment, even trying to get a job. Like, does that route get to my job? I've had conversations with people who are like, talking about a particular behavioral health therapist or something like that. I can't go there because the bus only gets me within three miles of that place. That's ridiculous. So even if my insurance or Medicaid or whatever will pay for it, I can't get there because my family shares a car or we don't have a car or whatever. So we're spread out. We're all over the place. And that's Las Cruces. We're the second largest city. So thinking of places like Hatch or rincon or you know these little places that don't even have the system we have set up that could shut you down as a human there are so like i said there were so so many things outside of your roof you know the uh, maslow's hierarchy yeah hierarchy of needs like Mm -hmm. you have shelter you have food Mm -hmm. when you have to work virtually two years in order to gain the year of the average white male there are so many things that are just out of reach. And it's so many things. And I've heard this talked about so much by people of color and particularly women. And 
especially those who have been formerly incarcerated who don't have opportunities like we do to gain housing or even basic minimum wage employment that you are always on the hustle you're constantly struggling to just live so the opportunity to be creative the opportunity to rest the opportunity to rejuvenate doesn't seem feasible and you know i i've in in some conversations that i've had with folks who who are affluent especially for this part of the planet um making fun of or or talking about oh well when that income tax check comes you know or well if you give that person money they're just gonna go use or they're gonna go get a drink you know what i do when i've had a hard day a drink you know what I do when I've had a good day? Drink. So for a person <laughs> to say, oh, well, they're just going to go use. Guess what? If I didn't have shit and there was no joy in my life. You need some kind of escape. There needs to be a vice. There's got to be something. And maybe your vice is a, a Lamborghini. Like, I don't, I don't know what your <laughs> vice is. A fur coat. I don't know what. I don't know. But it's it's easy to judge when you haven't been there when you don't know the value of 50 bucks like it's hard to have that conversation with someone and it feels like it feels like when we have conversations about people who need things you have to be absolutely destitute in that Mm. there are memes and Mm. you know the sly picture oh well she's got a coach bag but she's using uh she's using her her ebt uh, EBT card Mm -hmm. you don't know that that coach is real Thank you. And really, is what we're saying that you have to be so incredibly down and out and destitute to even be worthy of having help from the government? That's it. And then you can't even have something special for you that makes you feel good and human and worthwhile because everybody else is going to make a judgment on what you do with your money with the EBT card. That's it right there. Like you have, oh, you went and bought a big screen with your income tax return, but you're using your EBT card. Well, shit guess what we can't go to the movies because it's fucking expensive well we can we can't go down place right now but you know <laughs> right before. on a regular day but can't go to the movies we're not going to take a trip to disneyland so you know what we yes we got a big screen so that is our family entertainment that is what we feel proud of that is what and again because capitalist society has told us that's what means you've succeeded that big screen tv is a status symbol and you need it to show that you're something that coach bag is uh, you know, means you're somebody. Right. So if I feel like I'm nobody because in the capitalist system, I'm on the bottom rung, then maybe I want that coach purse from the Goodwill. Maybe I want that, you know, um, and actually coach would be a little old school and say Louis Vuitton. Can't, Sorry. You I know. know. Yeah. I'm trying to be there with you. Haven't we established that I'm fashion inept? It's fine. Uh, but you know, maybe I want to spray paint the bottom of my high heels red. So they look like (laughs) they're some expensive ass shit. I don't know. It's because we've tied that into not just a net worth, but a human worth. Like, what are you in your being? What do you provide to the society is tied to your bank account? Um, I even feel like when we start talking about the success of a president or an administration tied to the stock market how does that benefit me because I don't I I don't understand I mean now I have a retirement like that's a recent (laughs) thing I have a retirement and I know it's tied to that but if you asked me to explain how it benefits me or doesn't I don't I can't 
I mean, was that, a, were, were finances a conversation in your house when you were growing up? Y- yes, but that, yes, because even though my parents did work and my father even had a job and a half, he was a school teacher, he, was also, he also worked graveyard shift for U.S. Customs, mm. there were still um, things we couldn't have, right? Like our stockings had oranges and, and pecans. They didn't mm-hmm. have like toys, Mm-hmm. We got like one big thing. We didn't get five different packages. So it was a conversation without it actually being a conversation. And as I got older, it became a conversation because my mom wanted me to be smart with my money. Mm-hmm. Lesson not learned just yet. But <laughs> Liar. But seriously, she she wanted us to see you have to budget this way. And it wasn't from a perspective of capitalism. It was mm-hmm. from the perspective of if you have kids and you need braces because most of the extra things that that happened were health related right so her mindset was not you need to have a lamborghini it was make sure your car is running make sure that you can get to a healthcare Mm -hmm. provider if needed bare necessities this was not about having like the best greatest Mm-hmm. And, at, you know, when I was a younger kid, I, I couldn't understand that. I also would not have been able to piece together my mom's making less with the same kind of job than someone else. Not just because she's a woman, but because she's a Latinx woman. Mm-hmm. And other things might have suddenly been in there. I'll try to say that. Um, like... Her education, her accent, her, accent, yeah. her immigration status, those kinds of things could have added mm-hmm. to that. Sure. Where she had to work a, a year and 10 months in order to make up for. Mm-hmm. And this isn't something that's that's just data. And I wanted to give this example, and it's, it's an app, not exactly an apples-to-apples apples comparison because in a previous job, I knew for sure, numbers to numbers, two female employees who were doing one aspect of the same exact job. One had a degree, Mm -hmm. and the other individual who happened to be Latina did not have a degree, but she was given extra managerial duties. Mm -hmm. She managed a whole other group of people Mm -hmm. and their work and their time off, all of those things. And she was making 10,000 plus less than the other person. So this isn't something in the abstract. Sure. This is something that happens daily. Mm-hmm. Clerk, you know, the clerk that you go to at the gas station, what the, the compensation is between the male and the female. Like mm-hmm. this happens on a daily. That's tough. That's, and, and we're taught not to talk about it. Right. It's taboo to, right. to ask what the what your salary is. Yeah, you're not supposed to talk about it, which you know, I do appreciate. There have been some actors lately who have started to vouch for one another as colleagues, as actors, to say, my black counterpart needs to make as much or more than me. Um, you know, white actors coming forward and saying, my female counterpart needs to make as much as me in this film or whatever it is, because people are going to see them as much as they're going there to see me. This movie will be a success for the producers and whatever because of us, and I, my worth is not greater than theirs because I'm white. Um, 
but in the regular world like are you going to be working at the gas station and be like look bill i deserve to make as much as you know or so and so deserves to make as much as me because you you're not going to have a job at the end of the day if you start doing that kind of shit. Or that's the fear anyways. Maybe not always, but that's the fear. So that doesn't feel realistic for people. And that's a legit fear. If, if you're going to complain about this at whatever job you have, mm-hmm. let's say it is a, you're a professor at a university or whatever it is, is there retaliation? Mm-hmm. And in theory, there's not supposed to be. Right. But we know better. We know better. And we have... We, being female-bodied, especially if you have kids, whether or not you're single uh, and, and raising a family, more at risk mm-hmm. because of that. Can, can you risk your job, X, Y, Z, wherever you work, mm-hmm. to complain or to bring attention to the inequity when you have mouths to feed? Yeah. Or is it just better to take just take it, like just... Aguantate and be able to put food on the table. Particularly right now, again, bringing up my sister, I had a conversation with her the other day um, and my my husband was recently laid off and so we were kind of dealing with that as a household, just what that means for the finances and all of that. And um, fortunately, we're, we're able to switch some things around and be okay for a while and we have some savings because I'm paranoid and that's just what I do. And um, I was talking to my sister and I made a comment. She was talking about how overworked she's been lately. And I was talking about, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that she still has a job. And she said, you know, there's a, there's a catch-22 in that because yes I still have a job and I'm I'm forced to feel guilty about still just having a job and in order to maintain that just having a job I have to do 10 times the work 10 times the hours at a reduced amount of pay and at the end of the day I'm just supposed to be grateful so right now in COVID times it's there's a whole other layer of what's happening to people that are still employed. Like, oh, well, at least you still have a job because there's lots of people behind you in line that don't. And it's uh, it's really tough. So I did. I felt bad after I said that to her because I was like, you know what? You're right. Um, I'm very fortunate to work for an organization where we are trying to amend some of this shit in the world and um, treat employees with fairness and recognize what obstacles people of color women of color people that are lgbtq and out and proud and all of those things bring as humans to the work and resource them for that and it's not um i'm very fortunate and i i forget that sometimes and there is a realization that if you're a small business like i get it Sure. If you're a small business, I know it's tough to make some of these to be able to pay equitably, to be able to do this, because you're not a Fortune 500. You're, you're, you don't have investors. You don't have the overhead versus what you're getting is separate. Like mm-hmm. you have a greater profit margin sure. if you're a big, big Fortune 500. Small businesses don't have that luxury. Yeah. So being able to be equitable, and I'm not, I'm not saying that this is necessarily right but I understand that fine line that you have to to ride between having a business that works and or that that is still up and running and being able to pay everybody equitably Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that you bottom line that doesn't mean that you have to be a 
a douchebag <laughs> about it. Like, <laughs> I mean, yes. if someone, if someone is working less hours or they're just a pitiful worker, okay. But that's based on their job. That's what right. they're doing. That's not based on who just, mm-hmm. yeah. And on that, you know, on the other side of that coin, if you're, if you're Amazon and you're not treating your employees with dignity and respect and resourcing them with what they deserve and you're going home with, I don't know how many zeros go at the end of that paycheck for, you know. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. I I mean, because the hope is, I mean, like the Republican Party, the hope is if you give the businesses the power to do these things, it will trickle down. It will get to the employees. It will get to the community. It will all spread out and everyone will be happy. And then we see it doesn't always happen that way, particularly when you talk about subgroups like women of color. It's not happening. So then we have to make laws and we have to make rules that say you're going to pay extra special attention to these subgroups because if we don't make you you're not going to do it on your own because you have a bias and then people say well that's not fair no shit it's not fair fool it's october 29th (laughs) did you not pay attention to that shit equal pay day motherfucker that's right so we got to force people small businesses typically will look to what the larger businesses are doing so if the amazon does it the flip side is that the Amazon you or said the Amazon, the like Amazon. a Mexican, <laughs> like the Walmart, <laughs> the Walmart, the Amazon, the, all of those. Um, if if they're not forced to do X, Y, and Z, they're not going to. Mm-hmm. We know that Walmart doesn't always provide its employees with mm-hmm. health care. Yep, we know this. This is not something that's new. As a matter of fact, they had a board meeting. Some good dozen years ago saying how do we spin this not how do we make this better not how do we be equitable let's how pr spin, fix this how do we pr fix this <laughs> we'll spend the money that we could be spending on getting health care to our employees and pay a pr company to to make this look better like oh but we're giving back to our community well okay fine but that's like you said why there are sometimes laws that have to be implemented in order to force businesses to be equitable and also, and also, and. government. Mm. People look to yep. the government to see what they're doing. And if the government isn't treating its employees equitably, mm-hmm. then why the fuck should anybody else? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it California who just made some legislation where so many females had to be on boards, like on board of directors? Way to go, California. Because it wasn't happening. So, yeah, what is the representation all the time? We talk about representation matters. If you are not in those shoes, you can read about it. You can look at statistics. You can do all of those things. But until you've lived it and you're watching the injustice happen to you or your loved ones, you don't feel as strongly about standing up and saying, um, no, this is bullshit until it's happening to you or someone you love. And then it becomes real. It would be great if, if board members had at least, you know, someone who is a single parent, someone mm. who has a disability, mm. so that when they are making and creating their business to be better through whatever, you know, procedures, processes, whatever, there is that input and that experience in there, mm-hmm. especially in, in, a, in, a, in manners which the pay would be equitable, 
a living wage. Mm-hmm. And healthcare is, if, if we can't get it done through the government to have healthcare for everyone, then how can we implement it for businesses to be able to do it? There's a fascinating episode of This American Life. I know we're fans. We're both fans of This American Life. <laughs> yes. It's uh, it's called Trust Me, I'm a Doctor. Have you heard this one? No, do tell. They're talking about these uh, boards. Um, the What are they called? The boards that get to determine whether or not a doctor keeps their medical license after oh, they've uh-huh. had some type of malpractice or even served jail time or prison time, there's a board who gets to say whether or not they can continue on as a medical provider. And uh, they have it structured to where there are certain members of that board that are not medical doctors. They're just members of the community. I forget what they call them. But there is some atrocious ass shit happening. Like, listen to the episode. It's so good. Fascinating. These doctors are just doing heinous things in their job. And these boards are like, well, you, though, and it's funny because they talk about the people that are not doctors and they're appalled. They're like, what the f- hell? No, this person cannot keep their medical license. Are you kidding me? But often they're very outnumbered by the people that are doctors. And there's a whole conversation about why do you think these, the doctors are siding this way? And there's an idea that there's this camaraderie. There's this understanding that this person went through medical school like I did and it was so hard. And there's this shared almost this unspoken trauma bonding that is happening between these people with this imagined shared experience and the people that don't have that that are the single mom or the just you know bank teller or whatever it is are like um that person should not give anyone a pap smear ever again why the fuck are we talking about this it almost sounds like um uh the 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 brother brothers in blue or whatever the police officers and how they they back each other's play on things so it's that's what the medical board sounds like but and so in and to pull that all into perspective about what we're talking about is people with a shared background with a shared experience tend to have a better understanding of someone else who is in that situation it's important to have people with varied experiences when you're looking at boards when you're looking at Um, who's setting the pay scale for organizations when you're looking at who's setting legislation around affirmative action or these other types of rules that can help to make things a little bit more fair so that this equal pay day doesn't even exist anymore because it's crap we were so you said latina equal pay day is october 29th yes um which was yesterday what is uh there are some others that are are important to mention uh, hold on. Let me get there. Why did it erase everything? Oh, mm-hmm. Hold on. The Google? The Google. <laughs> and we're, so, so there's a, there's a website. There's um, a, an organization that's called. Equalpaytoday.org. That's, what, that's yeah. where I'm getting my information. Equal Pay Today. So, so uh, I had mentioned earlier that the. Um, aggregated like all women mm-hmm. if you put uh, put us all together and and I will I will like asterisk and say my assumption is that this is cisgendered women right this I don't mm. think this is inclusive of our uh, of trans brothers and sisters or sure. GNC 
So the aggregate- and this is grouping like restaurant workers, cashiers, CEOs, bank tellers, all the all the women, right? And okay. looking looking at all of that data that comes mm-hmm. in from for their pay. So um, all women together, March thirty first is when we catch up from the previous year, right? Mm-hmm. For for people who are uh, workers who are just moms, they have they have to work until June fourth from the previous year. From the previous year. So when you break it down by mm. race, um, Asian American women have to work all of 2019 and then from January until February 11th mm. of 2020 to make up. They, they make 90 cents on the dollar. Uh, black women, August 13th is their equal pay day. They do mm. 62 cents on the dollar. Native American women have to work all of 2019 and then January to October 1st. They make 60 cents on a dollar and Latina women 55 cents on the dollar October 29th. And we're last. Last. We are last. Almost two years to catch up to the salary of a white male, a comparable work, of comparable work. Right. Someone doing the same job as you. Almost two years of work. And that's the average. So obviously, Mm. I shouldn't say obviously, but my best educated guess would be the higher up you go. So you are an executive or you are Mm -hmm. whatever, CFO, CEO, the bigger the gap is going to be, right? Between what one CFO is going to be making from another um, chief financial officer. Wow. So that's the average of it. That's painful. It, the the biggest thing that pissed me off about at least this year, this pisses me <laughs> off every year. But at least today, <laughs> when when we when the New York Times put that piece out about um, looking at the taxes that the the current president has paid, what over the past the fuck? So I pay more, right? He's a billionaire, self proclaimed billionaire. Mm-hmm. The last time that he did pay taxes, because he doesn't always, was seven hundred and fifty dollars. I pay more making substantially less substantially less than he does in a year. Mm-hmm. And I don't don't give me this shit of like but he creates jobs because he owns hotels and there's people who work there. Yeah, but then these same people who work there are still not getting equitable pay and right. they are paying more in taxes than he exactly. is. Exactly. So And wh- this I mean and We've, as of late, gotten a little more political on the podcast. Um, because I mean, to be fair, that would be whoever the president would exactly. be. Exactly. This has it. nothing to do with whether you like the person or not. It's looking at it from a lens of what is equitable. Is it okay that a billionaire, regardless of their position, pays that little in taxes and then turns around and is castigating undocumented people or people that are here with a work visa for not doing their part and spreading that like it it's incendiary like it just uh, I don't know it's infuriating and it and it feels unjust it doesn't feel right to a from a logical standpoint from a mathematical standpoint it just doesn't feel right so regardless of if, if this person was a CEO of some company, which I'm sure that's happening all over the place, or the president of the United States, which there is a higher expectation there to set a standard that is just, to set a standard that is logical for the American people. That doesn't feel okay to me. 
that does not feel okay to me, particularly as a person who, as you just mentioned, has had to work almost two years to make what, I mean, not this fool. I'm not making that a billionaire. mm, (laughs) That's not happening. But that is infuriating to me. Infuriate, and I'm not a person who's like I don't want to pay taxes. No, that's I want our schools to be good. I want all of our schools to be good. I want our roads to be decent to drive on. I want there to be resources and safety in our neighborhoods. Like I want all of these things, and I feel like our country is a place that has said those are our values. But when you don't see it in practice, it starts to feel like a lie. It just feels to me like our value inherently is such that we are taken for granted on it's so many levels. Not only are we not going to get paid the same, not only are we going to be mm. not allowed to, to, to live in the same places because there's uh, either an overt or undercurrent of we don't want brown people living in suburbs. Not only do we have to pay a higher interest once we get that house, mm. not only do the places that um where there's quote-unquote lower income people the roads there are shittier we're set up so that our transportation is going to be continually breaking down because the roads are shittier it just seems like there are so many things that are stacked up to against us the least you could do is pay us equitably so that we can overcome all the rest of the shit you put on our plate right pay me equitably so that our my car can work and it just feels like a constant like poop fest and then you add on that you have to work almost two years like you and if you have to do two jobs then it's it's even worse so because then you're you're getting fucked over in pay and at two places but you know what you know what cat you have a beautiful culture (laughs) (laughs) i want you to hold on to your brownness Mm -hmm. as a trophy of resilience like fuck resilience i want to be a billionaire god damn it (laughs) I would trade you some resilience and survivor skills for a fucking paycheck, motherfucker. That's what I want. I want to be rich. I want to see, you know what? And I say it all the time, like, test me, test me, Lord. I will be a good billionaire. I promise. I will give back to the community. I will be so strong. Like, give me, test me, please. (laughs) Give me the money. Um, And, you know, and that's the richness of our culture. Uh, Even our culture, we are resilient people. We have survived so much shit. We, as, as women, as brown people, as Latinas, as Chicanas, as whatever you want, however, as, I won't say as queer people, because I'm not, we all know I'm not queer enough for this podcast, but, um, <laughs> you know, we have overcome so much shit, and it's like, yes, be proud of that, but it doesn't come with a paycheck, and in a capitalist society, you feel like you're a little bit less than. And, you know, I want to bring it back to a point that you had made earlier of the, we're in a situation now where we have to say like, pues gracias a Dios que tengo trabajo. Mm-hmm. So I do try to balance out, well, yes, mm-hmm. I'm incredibly thankful that I have a job mm-hmm. and that I have been able to continually get paid through COVID when there are people who have not. Yeah. Very grateful. But at the same time, don't take my grateful for granted, mm-hmm. you know, as a human being. Yes. I am worth the pay. I'm damn worth it. Mm -hmm. And so is everybody else who is female-bodied or femme. Mm -hmm. They are worth their pay as well. And just worth the shot. 
and worth a shot worth the worth, worth the, the hire worth the promotion worth the health care worth the equitable pay we are so worth it mm-hmm. so worth it and if you are in a position where you get given that shot don't forget anybody else bring, bring look behind you. you put your hand back bring them with you mm-hmm. speak up speak up use your voice use your power absolutely a thousand percent cat this is the weedy weedy uh, to get it all out of your system what you're worth and equal pay i don't i i might have i might have to go molotov cocktail something hold on i'll be right back can i borrow your lamarca bottle <laughs> <laughs> um is it empty because <laughs> then maybe <laughs> this has been our weedy weedy for october yeah um, and if you want to chime in on this conversation mm-hmm. and let us know what you are worth, please feel free to get in on it with us. On We are on the socials. We're on the socials. We're on uh, Instagram, Facebook, sometimes the Twitters. We have a website through Podbean that you can find us on. We have... Um, yeah, you can find us out and about at, in Las Cruces. We were at Sol y Luna today. We were, yes. Because those are some homegirls trying to represent, trying to have a small business and make it during COVID. Mm-hmm. And they were being COVIDly safe. This they wasn't were. like, everybody bust in and do all the things. No, nope. they were, as a matter of fact, counting how many people. I'm sorry, we can't let you in just yet. Can you be patient and wait outside? And we, we happenstance came upon uh, mood and tumbleweed, mm-hmm. places we didn't even know were having a little thing. Not going to lie, I got some shirts. I got some earrings. That I will be posting online. Yeah. And also the last piece I'll say about this month as we round it out, um, the last happy birthday for you, <gasps> since I know you celebrate the entire month. Yeah. So. And Dia de Muertos is coming up. Um, you know, just us, uh, celebrate. Some, yeah, send us some pics of your altar. You got you, an ofrenda. We want to see it. I just watched Coco last night. Cried my eyes out. Oh, that's every a time. box of tissue. Every movie. time. Oh, when Mama so Coco beautiful. sings, mm. done. Mm-hmm. Every time. Mm. And my daughter is kind of like Wednesday Adams. She looks at me like, Mom, are you crying? Are you crying? And not like in a caring, like, Mom, are you okay? No, like, Mom, are you crying? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Special K mm. and one of our twins are from the same, you know, pod. They have Dexter blood running through them. They do. <laughs> <laughs> I am I'm preparing for the day where um, I have to buy bleach and... Uh, lie and yards of plastic plastic sheets <laughs> in bulk at the sams or whatever to to be able to help a friend out don't buy those all at once it looks weird on a receipt oh no no we're going to spread it out and we're yeah. going to spread it out between here and el paso i've got a plan okay maybe we shouldn't talk about that on the podcast uh this message will self-destruct <laughs> <laughs> this is Pocha podcast at the intersection of brown pride and assimilation i'm kat i'm charlene and we'll see you on the flip side